Hello and welcome back to the XP Podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be taking a much more analytical approach. And we're going to talk about the history of gaming. Uh, More especially, we're going to talk about like generations of consoles and whatnot. And try to look through the past of sorts. Like We're going to talk about as much as we know, which we did... As much as we can fit in a half hour. As much as we can fit in a half hour of, like, looking through generations and kind of picking out pieces that seem kind of relevant to that generation and going on from there. We have the analytics of the consoles, how much they sold throughout the years. Um, And then we also have, like, we also pulled up sources from, like, each generation, like, kind of the selling point of the console a little bit, kind of the downfall of the console, and then kind of... What consoles came out throughout the years as, like, the supreme of that generation of Mm -hmm. sorts? So, most of our sources are from BBC, History.com, or ComputerMuseumOfAmerica.org. And I'll try to specify what sources came from where. Yeah. Uh, most Most of our information kind of came from the BBC of sorts. So, if you ever kind of are interested to look back on our sources in the history of, like, the generations, you can look at, um, the BBC... .co.uk. Yeah. So, Generation 1. We have the Odyssey. Uh, more specifically, the... Magnavox Odyssey, which, if anyone if if anyone was in pop culture, generally you would know that this was Pong, like the first the first video game as uh, it's claimed to be, uh, for home consoles of sorts. Uh, you should see you should really see the <laughs> the controllers of this thing. It's just a it's just it's a, a it's like a brick. With little, like, dials on it. Yeah. It's crazy. You, like, you said, like, the thing is, you set up, like, the couch near the coffee table, I'm pretty sure, and you just stuck it on the coffee Ooh. table right beside the console. So, what limited the uh, Magnavox Odyssey was that it was composed of a maximum of three square dots in a single vertical line, and it was just, like, monochrome, like, just black and white. Yeah. Which was... It limited, like, what you could do, yeah. obviously. And so the first thing that people came up with was, you know, Pong, which is, you know, like, think Ping Pong. You've, I think everybody's kind of yeah. heard of Pong. It's like tennis of sorts. And Ping, then, yeah. if I remember correctly, I might be, I might be thinking of a different console that's like the Odyssey, um, is, is that... It had different, like, I think it either had different cartridges or different dials that set pre that preset the games or whatever. Yeah. And some of them, if I remember correctly, one of them is a hide-and-go-seek game, which they, they I think they came with a plastic overlay that you put over your screen. <laughs> and then, like, the hide-and-go-seek, you would kind of, like, hide off the screen of the... Like, you, there's, like, little bo- little box cutout these plastic of this plastic overlay, and you'd hide away from the boxes so the other person couldn't see you. It was, it's it's funny. <laughs> so one thing that was kind of interesting about the, especially the controller, is that dials were used rather than buttons or I call them toggle sticks. Some people call them thumbsticks or or joysticks. Joysticks. I call them the toggles. I, I I call them just thumbsticks. Yeah. Or analog sticks. Analog sticks. This, BBC says directional sticks. <laughs> They're sticks. <laughs> They're just sticks that come out of the controller. Why is it? There's like so many names for them. Just like how like there's like several names for ladybug. 
I'm, I don't know. Like that's the first thing that came to mind. Like <laughs> I think other places call it like different things. Yeah. So a lot of the early video games, a lot of them were mainly like arcade games at this time. Very just eight bit games. Uh, I thought the arcades I came afterwards like. Did they come after? I'm pretty sure they came afterwards. Like the after after like the Magna the the Odyssey came out, a lot of like companies kind of started revolutionizing like oh, arcade you know machines. You're right. It was after. It was yeah. after the Odyssey that arcade machines started becoming somewhat popular, and this is where games such as Pac-Man, Street Fighter, and Donkey Kong kind yeah. of started. More primis, more primarily in the 80s of sorts. Like, yeah. Yeah, little, technology was still a little primitive, but it was getting more advanced. Now you got like, like you said, Pac-Man, Street Fighter, Donkey Kong, but there's like Dig Dug. Oh, Dig Dug was pretty amazing. Pac-Man is what gets me through math every day <laughs> with, oh, what are they called? Um, the um, inequalities? I don't Like the like... Yeah, we have like the greater than and less than signs. Oh yeah, you're okay, supposed... yeah, inequalities. No, I get it. Now yeah, you're supposed the... to think of them as Pac-Man. Oh, I always thought of them as alligators. Really? Yeah. <laughs> huh. I was taught Pac-Man. Um. Anyway, uh, so... out of our personal lives, uh, <laughs> second generation came with uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Uh, this is more like the Twenty Six Hundred was primarily like second generation. I I can't think of any other. In the second generation, if there is, um, you can go, you can go search, you can go look for it. I bet there's some gems on those type of things. But definitely for the second generation, you had Space Invaders, which is one of the first few games to ever have a difficulty curve because who programmed uh, Space Invaders? I should have looked him up. Um, he kind of, uh, as he programmed it, he used a engine software that. The less pixels on screen, the faster the, everything got. So once there was only like one space of air on screen, it would zip across yeah. the whole screen, making it so hard to even fight them. And it was kind of one of the first quote-unquote killer apps, a game that was so appealing that people bought the console like just to play the game. Yeah. Which was never heard of at the time. Well, video games are still a very like new thing at this time. Yeah. And then, you know, comes with... Uh, every great gem also comes with its um, dirt of sorts. Then you, you get like a weird Pac-Man riff <laughs> that There's looks a lot so of, bad. A lot of different like Pac-Man variations were made because yeah. like it was popular in the arcades, and they're like, all right, let's make more let's make more Pac-Man stuff. Yeah, and it, and it, and a lot of it kind of looked really bad. It was playable, but like. It was not my Pac-Man, and then there's, um, of course, one of the few pe one of the few people claimed to killed gaming during the second generation was E.T. Mm -hmm. because it was confusing, did not look like how the actual like the like a like most like you had to take some imaginary imagination take some imagination and some like cutbacks to make the characters look like characters, but then there was but like some of the characters in the game. We're like, who is this supposed to be? Like, you get this guy. Of course, it's supposed to be like a G-man, but it's like this guy in gray with a hat. You're just running. At, he's running after you, and then he throws you in a hole. They have to levitate out. It was weird. Yeah, BBC refers to it as a shoddy cash-in based on ET. Yeah, and it kind of ended the second generation, and ET became known as the video game or 
started what was called the video game crash of 1983. Yeah. It was just, it was bad. It was, a lot of it was due to less, like, video games were new, so there was not much regulations on quality of sorts. It was, all of it was a lot of, like, kids are playing, this is a kid's toy and whatnot. Let's get, let's get the money, let's rake in the money. Parents Mm, won't understand. All they, all their kids hear, all their, all they hear from their kids is like, we went to the arcade and played Pac-Man, and then there's a Pac-Man thing for our t- Atari, so let's buy it for them for Christmas. Mm. So, it, a lot of it, a lot of it was just like a lot of, uh, won't call them scans. It was just shoddy cash grabs of sorts. So after the video game crash. Uh, comes in the third generation where specifically Japan started kind of coming in and making more stuff. Yeah. And this is when the this is when Nintendo was essentially founded. Um, before Nintendo started making video game consoles and becoming a tyrant, or not even a tyrant. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you look in the news for a bit, they're kind of a tyrant. Mm. But um, this is when Nintendo becomes a huge hitter. Uh, nowadays, they used to make uh, wood toys, and then they started, I think it was wood toys, but they started making toys for kids and whatnot, and then it was, and then they started making little handheld, like, score-based little handheld games, like, you you know, um, Mr. Game & Watch? hmm That's primarily what they made was, like, these weird, like, one of them, one of the more iconic ones was a juggling game where you had to, like, move the arms back and forth to juggle balls in the air. And you, if it hits the ground, you lose. But the, yeah. as time goes on, the higher your score gets. They're basically like, they're basically the before apps on your phone type of thing. They're just there to occupy like a few minutes, like if you're on the toilet or like you're waiting for a meeting. <laughs> so the third generation was primarily characterized by like a lot of, still a lot of 8-bit games, but they had more detail to them. Yeah. It's, so, uh, uh, one second. So when you look, uh, there's a lot more colorful graphics that were used. A lot more color in general yeah. was used. They they primarily went for Nintendo. Primarily tried to release games that had more quality than the Atari because they definitely learned from the Atari crash that they they should focus on quality. Yeah. Of course, that's not going to be a guarantee, um, especially. This is a old YouTuber, uh, the view game, uh, the angry view game nerd reviews terrible games that throughout the history of gaming back before we got like Xbox 360 and all that. Um, there's definitely some shoddy games on the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Super Nintendo Genesis, whatnot. But all in all, it was those game. It was just games that you picked up, played for a bit, and then set down because a lot of them were either time based. Uh, time-based point uh, point score games or just get the highest score of games like you sit there and try to get the highest score than your previous score and then you'll be done yeah so Nintendo so Nintendo released what's called the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System which or NES for short yeah and it kind of gave birth to some of the most iconic video game franchises that are still around to this day the main ones being Super Mario Zelda, Metroid. Yeah. Um, especially with, uh, speaking of Mario, Metroid, and Legend of Zelda, this is, those are the games, they still had, like, a score system, but this, this was primarily when it wasn't really, like, a big thing at the time, but story-based games started coming out soon, like, around this era. Yeah, so, you, so, like, Zelda, for example, is pretty story and very lore-based. Yeah. 
game. And puzzles, man. Like, you had to look them up in, like... This is, of course, this is when there was no, no internet. You couldn't go look up reviews and whatnot. Google how to beat Zelda. Yeah, no, you had, to, you had to either wait for a monthly magazine shipment to tell you hints or new game releases. Or figure out. Or call a hotline. Yikes. I'm not lying to you. There used to be, it's called the Nintendo Help Hotline. And you would call this, you call this number and there would be people that had the console right beside them, a phone and a computer, and they had catalogs of games right beside them. And they would play the game with you to help you figure it out. It was... That's so depressing! Get, no, you get to pay, you get paid to play games. It's... I love it. It's funny. Oh my goodness gracious. It, it was before the, pl- the um, playthrough was a thing. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Uh, so like little six-year-old Timmy's on the phone with some like 40-year-old dude from <laughs> Nintendo like, all right, do I press do I press X or do I press B? <laughs> do I press A or B on this wall? Well, first you're going to get a bomb and then you're going to press you're going to press B to place it on the wall and then the door should reveal. How do I make a bomb? Like <laughs> uh poor little Timmy. Oh no. Poor Kevin on the other side of the phone. So as the third generation kind of closes out, we open up to the fourth generation as a new a new type of console is being created. This will spark what has been fueled by gamers and companies alike. A clash of titans. A cla- clash that generations will speak of. A war that has never been won yet. Nintendo versus Sega. Well... That has been one. <laughs> you can tell that. Well, a, well, the console wars, console wars struck at this generation. So Sega released its a new 16-bit Mega Drive, which is the Genesis. Yeah. Uh, in 1988, and it just absolutely marked up against Nintendo's 8-bit uh, games. Yeah. Uh, this is. I think that I think Nintendo released the Super Nintendo later in Generation Four. I can't remember. Uh, yes. Yeah, they as competition. As competition, um, so basically the Genesis went against the Nintendo Entertainment System. Then I think a little later the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. We can just bunch them together for that. So basically, Sega, this new contender coming out with the Genesis, which is 16-bit. You had more teen-oriented games rather than Nintendo's family-friendly... Oh my goodness. What's that over there? A blue streak comes flying by. It's Sonic. Coming next summer, Albert the Flying Penguin who can juggle chainsaws and do your taxes. He's dapper, he's mean, he's lean, and for some reason, he looks like Bill Clinton. Tune in on the new hit show, Radical Penguins, to find out what Albert does when we throw him into the Grand Canyon. PETA, beware. Tune in on CBA, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, next summer, to see what happens to Albert. Sponsored by Sealand. We definitely don't torture our animals. (laughs) 
And then you also get like games like Comic Zone, uh, the Comic Zone or something like that. I might have just bunched two Sega games together by accident, but like there's this one game where you play as a comic book artist. Oh my goodness! And you go, you get teleported into your comic book, and you get like you start punching. And That's not a bad stuff. idea for a video game. It though. isn't, but like the ending's weird. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, yeah, Sega was more oriented towards teenagers at this time with their more, I want to say grungier games, but more like they they tried to focus like on older people rather than like family oriented oriented like anyone could play type games yeah, like you're Nintendo going from whoop boo Mario jumping on the mushroom saving the princess to Sonic gotta gotta go and catch the uh, I'm sick of Pokemon <laughs> I, I was gonna go. say Sonic gotta catch them all <laughs> gotta catch them <laughs> uh, to Sonic like you know falling on spikes uh, beating up robots and literally Crapping animals. coins is what I was trying to get on. Yeah. Animals literally getting kidnapped. Uh, yeah, I don't think that would fly under Nintendo kind of thing. But at the time, at least. At the time. But, um... To compete, Nintendo released the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Real creative, by the way. Or the <laughs> SNES. Or which, the SNES, as I like to call it. Which then kind of leveled the, le- leveled the playing ground. But also, the thing was, uh, Nintendo had already a console and multiple games under their sleeve. Like, they came out with arcade machines before, like Donkey Kong and whatnot. And then they started coming out with a console and then they started making games for this. So they're already kind of, they're kind of already kind of honed on their craft. They're still trying to make stuff. But to compete with uh, the Sega Genesis three buttons, they came up with four buttons. Oh yeah, we got one more button in here. And also, you know, bumpers. Little, yeah, I forgot what they're called. They're called bumpers. They're called they're they're called bumpers because at the, the top. Uh, yeah, the bumpers. They're called bumpers on top, triggers on the bottom. Oh, okay, that yeah. makes sense. And so basically, this came this revolutionized kind of. Um, button layouts and controls and whatnot so basically nintendo had a kind of higher ground with controls and whatnot and plus it was kind of easier to program with a already made uh, a company that's already made a console because they already understand what goes into a console so then they can also already ship with people ship out like testing consoles so other people can create games while this new person came in with a with a new console of course, it had higher uh, quality, but it was, like, new, so it was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I should side with this company, but in the end, Sega would, did come out with a pretty good console, but Nintendo beat them out. It was, yeah. I think it was, I think it was pretty close, if anything. And this is also when my personal favorite video game franchise came out, which is Mario Kart. Yes. There's about eight games. Not even eight, there's, like, eleven there's, uh, oh, okay. there's Double Dash, uh, Mario Kart, um, Circuit. Super and then Circuit. Super Circuit, Double Dash, and DS. Which, uh, which, and then also tying with the eight, nine other games, actually. Because uh, Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is kind of two separate Two games. separate games. They're still the same game. So 11, 12-ish games. It's insane how many that they've yeah. made. And managed to keep things, like, fresh and new and better looking see that's the thing with nintendo's kind of history of uh the the whole generational uh consoles is that they always try to strive for something new like they 
with the old N Nintendo Entertainment System, they kind of brought uh, home 8-bit gaming. But with also with that, they also ha revolutionized kind of the D-pad or the plus uh, dial. Uh, instead of joysticks, you had a uh, a up, down, left, right kind of directional yeah, pad. Yeah, I'm sure if you look at a gamer console, you yeah. kind of know what I'm talking about. We're talking about, excuse me. Yeah. Then there was also, with that, uh, next generation, they had more buttons with that. And then, and then the, and then Nintendo 64 came around with the weirdest controller you would ever see. It's oh god, it's why awful. does it have three hold? Well, I guess I know why. They have three hold. Like you put your hand in three yeah, different spots. Yeah, like you hold the <laughs> side and use it, and then there's just one in the middle. Yeah, that's that's for like the 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 one analog stick that. By the way, gets messed up pretty easy. <laughs> and that, that was barely used in some games. It was more used for either camera controls or fine-tuned camera or fine like fine-tuned camera controls. Cause some other games had already camera controls with other oriented buttons, but then the other one kind of had a finer tune to it, which um, allowed for much more smoother movement, especially in 007. Yeah. And then there was a game that was created, which actually was the reason that game ratings became a thing, called Night Trap. This was during uh, Generation 4, kind of into Generation 5, with the new CD-ROM uh, CD uh, coming out. Yeah, they're like, woo, 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 we got discs now, and yeah. now we have to rate our games, because children are getting traumatized. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly traumatized. Honestly, with what games will come out later, the rating was needed. Yeah, eventually. eventually. Um... So with that, uh, Night Trap and Mortal Kombat, and I'm pretty sure some other games, uh, got called into question about their kind of more moral ambiguity of their, uh, content. Because, I mean, if you look at a Mortal Kombat game, it's... It's bloody. There's a lot of blood. And with Night Trap, it kind of, um, I wouldn't say normalized, but it showed kind of... Not sexual, but like kidnapping, uh, moral messaging throughout the game. But if the people, if the lawmakers actually saw and played the game, you're actually trying to help the people that were getting kidnapped from not being kidnapped. But it has those themes. It has it. those so themes. People are in like, mm. yeah. Which I'm not gonna say it didn't deserve a rated R, but with some of the things that it showed, it kind of probably needed a rated rated R because you don't want little Timmy who's six. Little six year old Timmy going, oh. Why is she in a bag? Ah! Why is he in the bag? They like put a leash thing on them and drain their blood and then drag them into the basement. <laughs> they were vampires. It was a vampire story. Poor game. little Timmy. <laughs> um, by the way, with the CD-ROMs came the fifth generation with um, the PlayStation. The PlayStation with the 32 came bits out. and so Sony comes three banging in. Yeah. Also, um, with yeah. Sony comes banging in, and they kind of, not normalize, but they really hone on the 3D gaming. They're like, all right, all right, guys, I got this great idea. Lego. <laughs> Lego. <laughs> Let's make Legos into a video game. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you can call them Legos because of the low polygons. Oh, my God, the low polygon models. Ooh, they look, they're just triangles. <laughs> Little triangles. Little triangles. Yeah, that's what polygons are. They're just little triangles bunched together. Um, but yeah, 3D was kind of um, t 
touched a bit around, not touched a bit, but like kind of messed around a bit, like with Star Fox and Mario Kart, like you said, but it wasn't. Yeah, and I believe this is when Mario Kart Super Circuit came, or Double Dash? Uh, Double Dash was uh, during the 60s, which yes, no, Double Dash was GameCube. It was GameCube, okay. Um, With Generation 5 also came Nintendo 64 and... The Atari Jaguar, which was a complete flop, and Sega kind of also flopped their console because they kept they kept it in Generation Five because they were modifying it. They kept modifying it to play yeah, better. Yeah, they didn't they didn't make anything new. They just kept like let's flop on this attachment, this attachment, yeah. this attachment. Two attachments that are great mentions are the 32-bit uh, attachment, which goes right into your console's port. Which then can play 32-bit games, which had, I think, eight re-releases and then some other games. Like, they re-released some games to go with 32-bit, but then they also, like, I don't remember, but I know for a fact that when they added the CD-ROM to the Genesis, which, by the way, would slap onto the side so of your console big. and then plugged into the back of your console, and then you also, you had, like, an adaption that would plug into the CD-ROM, plug into your console, and then goes into the TV. And by the way, all t- all both uh, both mo- modifications need their own power supply. Ooh, I'm boy. Pre- I'm pretty boy, sure. little Timmy's parents are not going to be very happy with their <laughs> electric bill. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm not too certain on the th- uh, 32-bit, but, I'm pre- but the CD-ROM needs its own power supply. So at this point, Sega's kind of just all into the wayside. wayside. No one wants to pay, like, literal console, ca- like, the cost of a console Just for, for an attachment yeah. to a console that they already have that's probably half broken because little Timmy slapped the thing because he was dying too many times <laughs> in Mario Kart. So... Mario Kart went to the Sega Chess. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what she said. So... Oh, that, that didn't happen. That was just a joke that we... Um, for legal reasons, that was a joke. That was a joke, but so Nintendo's starting to kind of ramp up their things. PlayStation's starting to become a thing. We're getting yeah. 3D gaming, and we're kind of starting to transition Edition. into the sixth generation. Yeah, um, honorable mentions of gaming uh, for this generation, which is 007 GoldenEye, which modern, which modernized and kind of honed onto the first-person shooter type of aspect of things, like. Directional cameras and whatnot, kind of like fine-tuning gunplay and whatnot, and you know, not they didn't say they didn't make the up and down look, but they really made it more practical. Which, but the predecessors before this was Wolfenstein 3D, which I which went to the television. I'm not in television, but like a um, not uh, it was a car, it was a computer game, which computer games was also a thing that was going off in the background. Um, and also Doom, which also kind of added to the th- first-person shooter. So in the sex in the in the sixth generation, we have Xbox, Dreamcast, PlayStation Two, and GameCube. So our generations kind of start to become a lot more generalized as there's a lot less actual gaming revolutions happening or revelations, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but the Xbox was definitely a new contender to the gaming field. Yeah. We have our three predecessors with Sega making the Dreamcast, which was a pretty good console. Yeah, for the um, time. For the time, but then it fell out of uh, it fell out of the pop culture phenomenon and just 
society as, you know... It was banished. It was banished to the Shadow Realm, which... We're not saying it was a bad console. It had definitely amazing games on it. Then, X, well, it couldn't compete with Xbox, PlayStation 2, and, and Nintendo. And, and GameCube, and Nintendo. Um, Xbox was a was a new contender to this field coming in with uh, Halo, which they stole from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it came in with, uh, shoot, there was another game that they also Call premiered. of Duty? No, Call of Duty was... Um, or was that later? Later. Call of Duty later. I think more Metal... Uh, Metal Gear? No, Metal of Honor. Metal of Honor. M- um, Metal Gear was PlayStation. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid, especially. Which, that was another PlayStation 1, got to PlayStation 2, which PlayStation 2 had one advantage against all these contenders. Backwards compatibility. And more Legos. <laughs> and more... And That's more not pu- even a joke. I had so many Lego games as a kid. Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman, Lego Indiana I actually, Jones. Wait, there was actually Lego games back in That's the not a joke. That's <laughs> not a joke. There was PlayStation... There was PlayStation 1. I wasn't joking about the polygons. I was... That, that was serious. That there, there was actual Lego games. Jesus. I guess you can never put down Lego. Lego no, will come you into never every can. generation. But yeah, um, this is definitely when polygons were getting more and more... Abundance. Games are starting to look a little better. A little better. Definitely with definitely with PlayStation 2 and GameCube. Yeah, Have they really um, Smash Brawl's Melee or Melee uh, Melee who, however you say it. Um definitely like looked a lot. I think it was either Melee or, or Brawl. I think Melee was on Wii. I don't remember. I'm not sure. One of the two. Um, but yeah, this is when Smash Bros. was becoming more popular. It came out in the Nintendo 64. It it looked like it looked like a bunch of bunch of like iconic characters made out of Play-Doh and circles <laughs> finding each other. Which it was. I played it. It's pretty fun though. But like yes, GameCube came out with new games. Also with a game that's kind of obscure, but it's a really good cheeky Robo. But then also Pikmin. That's more popular. Uh, I think S- Metroid got game on the GameCube. It might have been I'm more pretty on the Wii. Sure. It got Metroid got game on the GameCube. Yeah, got ported did. to the Wii. Got way better with the Wii. Yeah. So and then generations are becoming a lot smaller, I guess, at this point. So yeah. we're already going into the seventh generation, where which the, is more modern than if anything. Yeah. Like this is these are games that like came out early two thousands. Yeah, like sixth generation onward is stuff that like we grew up with. Yeah. We grew up with, uh, and also kind of seventh generation. We also kind of grew up with. Yeah, so like I played a lot of Wii as a kid, yeah. and I never owned an Xbox, but I played I got it. An Xbox for my sixth birthday. Really? Yeah, and I had three games for it, two of which were obscure. Hmm. I don't even remember them. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, Wii Sports Resort was one I played a lot. I played Wii Sports, just Wii Sports. <laughs> No, 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 no. You got to get resort in there. You got to fly I know. around. I, I did, I did get resort later on, but I played uh, Wii Sports, just boxing. The boxing was so good Scuffed. in Wii Sports. It was. Um, and at this point, the PlayStation 3 started coming out. So yeah. you kind of notice a pattern where there's not a lot of necessarily innovation happening. It, it was, there was like, you know, better hardware, better graphics. It was, but there, these people are already, these, these kind of cut and paste. Yeah. These con- these giant companies with making consoles, video games already know what they're doing, so they're just kind of honing onto their craft. Except Nintendo. Except for Nintendo, who's on fire. Who who's on several cups of coffee, just 
coming up. Just, hey, what, what, what's your idea? Uh, uh, I'd like sh- to walk outside and play a video game. All right, let's do well, it. Let's do that. Game Boy. <laughs> game Boy. Oh, Game Boy. Yes. We, we should we, we should do an, Nintendo another... Nintendo Switch. We should do another episode on handhelds, but... Oh, this, handhelds would be a good one. Yeah, this is just more of the home consoles and whatnot. We... I think we covered a lot of the generations and kind of the innovations of gaming. Yeah, and video games are still expanding to this day. Yeah, I mean, have you seen the Switch? They just took I what the Wii one. did and they just... Condensed it and condensed made it, it made, better. Made better. Like, now it's better controls. And then now we have another contender to the home console. I put that in quotes because it's not really a home console rather than what, what Sega did, a modification on computer. Which, Let me build a PC in my attic, <laughs> in my mommy's basement. But yeah, uh, PC was always ev- evolving in the background. We didn't talk about it because it's not really a home console, rather than it was more primarily used for work. It kind of got into the gaming scene yeah. as more... But recently, PC did, gaming yeah. has just had Took a huge off. influx. Um, but Oculus Rift and Valve Index and... Um, the Quest, which is also oh, made yeah. by Yeah, VR is also kind of yeah. expanding on its own. It's definitely becoming, especially with the Valve Index, it's becoming more realistic. Like, the Valve Index controllers, they know how your fingers are moving. Which is weird. It's I, weird, I but try. also cool. And they also know how you're, how how, uh, how tight you're holding. It's amazing. I want to try VR so badly. I actually do have an Oculus Rift. My dad bought it, but it was, um, it, it, it's not out of commission. We just don't use it because we have too much. We have... I have three siblings and oh, that'll do and it. Not a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for our podcast today. Yeah. We just generally briefed over the whole generation thing. It, there's there's a lot more to this that will take a lot more detail. This if we if we really went into detail, this would take two hours, which we don't want to do a four. We don't have the class time for. We don't want to do a four parter at Ooh, all. That would hurt. Yeah. Um, next week we're going to talk about, uh, Deltarune Chapter 2, which mm-hmm. I have played the full, of uh, the, po- uh, the Pacifist. I just need to go through the other ending, which is kind of like the Pacifist. It just changes up the Snowgrave, uh, route. Yep. So we will be back next week with that. And you guys have a good day. And we'll see you later. Bye!